Welcome back, everybody. Take a break with Stephen. Stephen Seamus. Welcome back, Alex. Great to see you this week. It's a little getting a little chilly out there. Yeah, weather's changing. Feel, starting to feel like fall a little bit. So I hope, hope you're staying warm. Halloween time. So, uh, yeah, sure, sure. So, so uh, are you going to be able to trick-or-treat this year or no? Uh, I always trick-or-treat in masks, so I'm good to go. I think you should uh, cosplay Justin Turner from the Dodgers. Deal. I have it. I'll just get a jersey. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. A jersey. A jersey. Solid. You're set. You need a Dodgers hat and a Dodgers jersey. That's You're it. good to go. Yep. Good to go. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Alex, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, let's talk about some, some neat new things. Uh, let's talk about the boys. I mean, the boys are coming. Spank the bastards when they get out of line. Um, Amazon's, I think, runaway hit, probably one of their most famous Amazon TV shows. Um, let's talk about the mini series slash crossover event Outlawed. Let's talk about the, the mini series slash crossover event Outlawed, Outlawed number one. Uh, and then let's kind of let's get into uh, Riri Williams, who is Ironheart. I think there's some speculation there, and you can see it kind of in the secondary market. Uh, and we got to talk about that goon book. Right. I hear you. I hear. You. Okay, great. So uh, what are we kicking off with today, Alex? Yeah, let's talk about the boys. Yeah, I mean, this, the second season is is terrific. Uh, I actually think it's better than the first season. Uh, Homelander has really evolved that character. Uh, Anthony Starr has done a great job with that yeah. character, and he's done a great job in the second season. The books have definitely picked up a lot mm-hmm. uh, si- since then. I think now that it's sort of become a staple for them, and yeah. you kind of know that the book is going to be, uh, you know, out there for a while. So th- there's really, you know, been been an interesting, you know, turn for that because now. You know, used to be superheroes were Captain America, Iron Man, and all those kind of characters. This is really, you know, I know Watchmen was an adult, was an adult, you know, based on the comic book. But this is a series that's truly adult in nature, Mm -hmm. in in not just like adult themes, but like the adult content, the adult language, uh, you know, some of the, some of the storyline with, you know, uh, you know, Homelander, some of his fetishes and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about why you think that a, a comic book based on such adult matter has sort of taken this, this uh, you know, been so popular, yeah. you know, with so many people. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at, for something as adult as this is, you have to go to Deadpool. You really do. Ryan Reynolds really pushed the envelope by making, making the Deadpool movies, rated R, adult content, ultra-violent, superhero stuff. That really opened the door for the Wolverine movie that was violent for, you know, taking everything a step further. And then you see it with, you know, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Also, they're, they're the producers. Uh, they help create the boys. They also help create Preacher, which is also a book by Garth Ennis, also ultra violent and also sec- uh, very sexual in nature. Um, but without the Deadpool movies, you, you wouldn't have the boys. You wouldn't have Preacher on TV. Um, saying that, the boys is definitely Garth Ennis's. I'm not a big superhero fan. I think they're terrible. This is what I'm going to do to him. I mean, that's, I mean, he's known to have written some of the best comic books of all time, but he doesn't write superheroes. That's a big thing he doesn't do. He's not a big capes, capes guy. And you can definitely see it in this series. 
Yeah. Also, it is interesting because you even have a series like Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Now we did just announce the Joy of and Wade uh, signing yeah. recently. And, you know, that's also, it's an HBO Max series. Yeah. It's certainly not for, for kids per se. Not at all. Uh, definitely adult themed, definitely adult language, a lot of adult stuff going on. But you are using the characters that you, that you like and are familiar with. So it is interesting that some of these shows now that are using adult content, adult themes, are becoming very popular and, and sort of mainstream in a way. Definitely. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so on The Boys, really the, the two books that stand out the most, are the books that people are looking at, are uh, from 2006, October. Uh, th- it was originally a DC Wildstorm property. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are 443 blue label 9.8s. There are 73 gold label 9.8s. It's The Boys, number one. It's the first uh, book that they put out. It's about a $350 book. It's not necessarily a low pop book. You know, it's a, you know, if, if the Amazon series is going to continue to go on and Garth is going to continue to do some signings, I know he does some signings here and there. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good book to pick up, yeah. get Garth to sign it. it. It would definitely be a nice addition to your collection. Yeah. And if you're, and especially if you're a fan of the, the, the great thing about the boys TV show and the comic is uh, they're not tied together very handedly. So if you're really enjoying the boys TV show, you can read the boys comic and you're going to get some extra stuff. Um, because it's not taken straight from the books. The characters are definitely taken from the books, but it's not word-for-word story arc, which is which is great, and they're, that's that's why it's doing so well. Right. It is interesting. You know, shows like The Walking Dead did take a lot of the story arcs yeah. from, from the source material. Uh, you know, obviously, Norman Reedus' character's not in there, but a lot of the storylines mm-hmm. that you followed through the years are, right. are from the material. So it is interesting when the producers decide, are we going to go in this direction? Are we going to go in that direction? It always, it always uh, you know, like I always said to myself, you know, wouldn't it have been great if they made the Dark Knight uh, Frank Miller series as a film right. and just use the source material, yeah. right? Just use it and present it as is. I think that would have been a tremendous storyline. I'm surprised it never happened. <laughs> um, so in this, the second boys book that's very, very interesting that came out uh, called the 4th of July. It's the Dear Becky 4th of July version. They, it came out this year uh, from Dynamite. What's interesting about it is, so obviously the book is published under Dynamite now. What's mm-hmm. interesting about it is they only released 56 copies. All were pre-graded 9.8. Yeah. That's it. That's all they were released. They sold out in a minute. And those books are selling for $2,000 plus now. Brown. It's a Raphael Grissetti cover. It's a really, really beautiful cover. Scorpion he, Comics? Is that what? Yes. That yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Scorpion Comics. Uh, he, it's a Homelander cover. It's really, really a beautiful cover. They really did a great job and they couldn't kind of just dropped it. It almost reminded me of like those sneaker drops where it's like, yeah. hey, it's a drop, it's a pop-up and you just gotta be there, you gotta show up and then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone and then thousands of dollars. You know, they started out at four, five hundred, six hundred, they kept going up and up and up and they're $2,000 plus now. Yeah. Uh, obviously crazy. there's 56 of them, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they were limited to 56, all were graded 9.8. It was a very, very clever concept. I know that, um, DC Comics did something recently where they sent the store owners these 9.8 DC Comics. Uh, may, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, why these companies, why would you do a 56 run all 9.8? Why did uh, Midtown send out all those 9.8 DC books? Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with Scorpion Comics and, um, you know, we've had a couple retailers and, you know, we've talked about the Clayton Crane does them himself. You know, having these exclusive covers really helps that artist or that company kind of sell themselves as a brand and sell an artist so you know for example the scorpion comics you might not know the artist's name right off the top of your head he might be you know just breaking in but you do know the boys you do know that dynamite's you know a big company you know that now that these are very limited um making something limited automatically makes it very hard to find 
you know, when, when you do, when you think of like X-Men number one, the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont run, obviously those books are very easy to find. They're not very expensive. Even nine eights, they're not very expensive. They're, they're, they're pretty, pretty easy to find because they're in, they're not in high demand and there's a lot of them. Something like this, where, you know, there's only 56 copies in the world. Everybody's going to want one. And of course, even if you're not a big boys collecting fan, having this in your collection, you know, it's going to go up in value right away. It's almost like an automatic collectible that you know is going to get up in value as soon as you buy it. And I will tell you, I was not, I was not familiar with Raphael Grissetti's yeah, work same. before this. Uh, and when I saw the cover, I was like, wow, I actually reached out to him. Uh, there's no original artwork. It's all digital. Uh, but I actually did reach out to him. I said, is there an original? I would have liked to have seen what the original line work was yeah. on it. But, but definitely did a tremendous job there. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So what do we got next, Alex? Yeah, let's talk about this new Marvel series, Outlawed, which really only has the first issue out. And because of COVID, you really haven't seen anything else from it. Yeah, so, so this is an interesting uh, timing issue, yeah. right? The, the book was solicited, promoted, marketed, sold, whatever, right before pandemic hit. Kind of everyone forgot about it, didn't pay attention to it, didn't look for it, whatever. And then now that people are kind of going back, not that they're going back to comic shops necessarily, but going back to their collecting and their buying and subscriptions and everything else, they've sort of picked up on it and you can't find the books anywhere. Right. And it's very, very popular. The artwork is great. It features a lot of the, the Marvel characters that are very, very popular. There is almost no population on any of the CGC version books. And it is a little tricky because there's a whole bunch of different versions of, of the book. And we'll, we'll talk about that. And there's one in particular that's selling for a crazy amount of money. Yeah. And again, it's an artist that I wasn't familiar with her work. And then it's funny how like all of a sudden these kinds of events can trigger something. You're like, wow, well, that, she's, she's doing great. Like yeah. out of nowhere, right? So Outlawed has a bunch of different covers. Yep. There's, five different, there's five different versions in all. And it came out, it came out earlier this year. So there's the Pepe La Raz cover. There's only six blue label 9.8s, wow. zero gold label 9.8s. And, and it's funny because when you start to look at 2020 and any book that shipped after, say, March, right, yeah. through current, the gold label uh, numbers are going to be extremely low. And I'm starting to think to myself, well, unless it's a CDC sendence uh, right. service, exactly. it's, you're, they're not going to be, there might be a period of time of getting gold labels that you might see gold labels start escalating because they're just not available. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, right? Because a lot of times, and this happened, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. When we were at our uh, Chicago show in 2018, a week before the show, as Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, second print shipped. Mm -hmm. And the second print had a full Nebula cover. And Karen Gillan was at our show that weekend. And I could tell you right now that that second print cover, nobody really ordered that book. Nope. We knew that that book was shipping the Wednesday before the Friday of our show. So we knew we had a very, very small window. And I saw, I told some of the dealers that were doing send-ins and, and that were getting autographs. I said, listen, do yourselves a favor. There's not too many Nebula solo covers. Go out and get some. Get some signed by Karen Gillan because that window of time will close because not, people aren't really warehousing second and third copies of these books. It's not like they're buying extra copies. Right. So I can't imagine that the print run on As Guardians of the Galaxy with the Nebula cover were that common. And now, yes, Karen Gillan will do more shows eventually. But like how many people are going to have that book to go get it done in the 9-8 condition direct from the factory, right? right. So, so, you, so that, the pop on that book for Signature Series with Karen Gillan is probably limited to whatever she signed that weekend. Yep. And the timing was sort of perfect. So it is interesting to, to note. So 
Uh, so you have the Pepe Larraz cover, six blue label nine eights, zero gold labels. You have the Tony Daniel cover. There's only one blue label nine eight, zero gold label nine eights. The Corey Smith variant edition, zero pop. Wow. Okay. Uh, the, there's a Walmart Ron Lim cover. Yeah. Zero pop. And then here's the big one. So Anna Rudd, again, I was not familiar with her work. She did a really, really great job. There's a one in, 50, one in 50 variant cover. There's only two 9.8 blue labels. There's zero gold labels. And one of the two actually sold for $2,500. So, so you, I don't even know. You can't even find them raw. Because, again, think back to March. How many retailers were ordering that book? It, it, you know, that, that time frame of, of everything that was going on. Did retailers put it away? Did they save it? Did they sell it? Did they do whatever with it? And getting that one in 50 book is very, very hard right now. Yeah, and something like this where it's a it's a beginning of a mini series, it's 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 essentially civil war for the young heroes of the Marvel universe. It's their civil war. There's a child registration act and all that stuff. Uh, issue issue two and three wasn't going to be a thing. It was gonna be it, it within you know the new Warriors miniseries, a power pack one shot. It's in the Miles Morales books. The Miles Morales and the Miss Marvel stuff's coming out now. I mean, that was solicited for March. We're talking four months past. So if you're now just going back to your comic shop and you were going right before uh, most states had the shutdown order, and it's been three, four months, so you might have forgotten about it. The reorders, I mean, if they tried to reorder before the, the pandemic, Diamond, the, 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 the place where everybody, all the comic shops order their books from, they had to shut down as well because of the state order. So they weren't fulfilling orders. They weren't sending books out. So it's, it's a very odd thing. I mean, the books are definitely going to come out. I'm sure a second print is on the way, um, but it's just a very weird world in the, in the kind of like publishing industry right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially on the print material. Yeah. You know, people at home and you have to go to a comic shop. Yep. Yep. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's interesting. Correct. All right, Alex, we've come to a very special time of the show. My favorite time of the show. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do the drum roll. Okay. It's good. It's, it's a good drum roll. Alex's pick of the week. <laughs> it's Alex's pick of the week. What do you got for us, Alex? Yeah, I, we talked about this in the past with Mondo, and we've talked about it with Prince and how. Love Mondo. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? And, you know, we've also talked about the print on demand thing with Tops, uh, you know, an episode, a few episodes ago. But I want to talk about Mondo again, and I want to talk about their LPs, their records. Surprise, surprise, records uh, from, your, from, from everybody's childhood, they never stopped making them. They never stopped making records. All the way through the 80s, even with CDs, even with iPads, iPods, iPhones, the whole thing. Records any, are other still being pressed. any other a- eyes. Anything, anything eyes. Um, digital music. I mean, Spotify is huge. Everybody listens to digital music. Very rarely do they have, uh, you know, a form of, of solid stuff. But LPs have, have always been things. And now they're extremely collectible. And Mondo specifically, a lot of their LPs are extremely collectible. A lot of times there's stuff that's never been released before, or it was, v- it was a very small release of a soundtrack to a movie or a soundtrack to a video game. Um, they just did a pre-order for The Mandalorian Season 1 LP eight disc giant box set. Um, and you know, that's a pre-order, which means is they're going to get the number for, for orders. They're probably going to up that by 10% sell through them. And that's it. You're never going to see this, this, this box set again, very limited. Um, you know, that's $200. I, I don't doubt that after that LP set comes out, 
It's going to be 300, 400 bucks. I mean, LPs in the collectible world are really high right now. I have my mom's LPs from when she was, you know, she was young. Beatles and uh, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we actually have a lot of those records. They're, they're in a box. Um, I have to go through them at some point. Yeah. I think that's why I think they, it's been such a, uh, not a resurgence, but something that's lasted for so long. Cause it's, it's hard. It's easy to throw away all your CD cases. Like whatever, yeah. throw them in the trash. I get, you I can put a hundred in the kit. You can't throw away I LPs do. that easily. It's very tough to pick up the giant box. Of Most them. Awesome. Mostly. Yeah. Just throw yeah. them in a box, throw them in the, in the, in the attic. Yeah. Personally, um, I love the Mondo posters. I love yeah. the hero complex posters yeah. and the gray matter art posters. To me, those are the three best companies that produce them. Typically, when, we, when we'll have a guest at a show, I'll buy a couple of, of those posters and I'll get them signed by the actors. I prefer those to the theatrical posters. Yeah. I think that they're much nicer. They're, they're much cooler. They have a much nicer look to them. They tend to be more limited edition. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, I hope to display them one day. I have got them just rolled up in tubes right now. <laughs> what can I tell you? It's got to buy a big house with a big, long uh, like, uh, hallway. I don't want the responsibility. It's too much work. <laughs> All right, Alex, what else we got today? Let's talk about Ironheart, which is starting to catch fire. Yeah, it, it is catching fire. It's definitely a little tricky to, to pay attention to all the variants and mm-hmm. versions, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So, so talk to us a little bit about the history of the character, where she started, how she started, and, and then get us, get us current to today. The, the, the first... She first appeared in the comics in 2016, so it's mm-hmm. only been four years. So what was the origin of the character? Yeah, this was something that was highly televised, high, highly promoted. Um, it was Brian Michael Bendis's, I think, one of the last books he worked on, last new characters. Um, remember, Brian Michael Bendis, also creator of Miles Morales, co-creator of Miles Morales. So, you know, he was doing a lot of stuff uh, in the mid to late 2000s at Marvel, you know, before he left. Now he's at DC. Um, Riri Williams, it's funny. If you if you look at her origin and you read those books, it kind of feels like Civil War where uh, uh, Iron Man goes to see Spider-Man and Spider-Man's been doing stuff and Iron Man figured it out and he goes and talks to him, brings him into the fold. It's kind of that same story. Riri Williams is a, is a 15-year-old genius. Um, she built an Iron Man-type costume and Tony Stark went and visited her because he's like, who, who can reverse engineer my costumes? Met her, gave her the blessing. She became Ironheart, you know, She's been in the in the comic world for four to five years, and she's slowly becoming more and more of a more important character. Okay, so as you said, Alex, she first appeared back in 2016. It was May of 2016 in Invincible Iron Man number seven. Mm-hmm. That was a cameo appearance, and as we know, cameos are generally not the first appearances that everybody goes after. But we'll talk about those because you know they are definitely important to note. There are, are four different versions of the book. And some of them are going to have some similar themes that we've talked yeah. to in the past. Uh, first, you have the Mike Diodato cover. There are 731 wow. blue label 9.8s. There are 29 gold label 9.8s. That book is $250. So I will tell you, for a pop that high, 250 yeah. is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? Like that's a pretty good, you know, and, and that's probably a decent buy. But again, it's the cameo. And, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of the cameos. I like the first appearances, but we'll take you through the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Then there's the David Lopez Women of Power cover, Women mm-hmm. of Power cover. There are 251 blue label 9.8s. There are 16 gold label 9.8s. And that book is an $800 plus book. Wow. Crazy. So again, that's a pretty decent pop to have that book at $800. Then, of course, we have the second and third prints. And as we've said in the past, these tend to be very, very low. 
I'm a big fan of the second and third prints. I love the covers. I love yeah. the cover variations that they're doing now. I love what they're doing with these second and third prints. They tend to have really, really nice original covers. So the second print came out in June, a month later. There are 16 blue label 9.8s. There are zero gold label 9.8s. I've not seen any for sale. Interestingly enough, the third print, there's more of. So mm -hmm. I wonder if that's also, again, to your point, which you've mentioned on previous shows is sometimes the second print go comes and goes so quickly because you have the first print on the stuff that, that you, you gloss over it and then you're hitting the third print, right? Yep. Yep. And that, and that may have been what happened with this particular book. There are, uh, on the third prints, there are 47 blue label 9.8s. There are zero gold label 9.8s. And those sell for 400 plus. Yeah. So that, wow. those all carry pretty decent price tags, yeah. I think, for a cameo. Now we get into the first appearance, which was two issues later. Mm -hmm. These are the big ones, Alex, right? So in, in total, when you, get to, when you get to issue nine, there are three different versions that, to talk about. So first you have the uh, Mike Diodato cover. And there are 368 blue label 9.8s. There are 13 gold label 9.8s. So that, this is Invincible Iron Man number nine. This is the first full appearance. That is a $500 plus book. Again, 368 pop. It's not a low pop. Right. So 500, you know, normally when you see $500 books, Alex, it's normally for very, very low pop books. Yeah. So to have a book with that pop at 500 bucks, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you start to get into Edge of Spider-Verse, yeah. Ultimate Fallout, Territory. You get those kind of heavy pricings on heavy. On heavy yeah, and I think that's books. why these books are getting there. It's only a matter of time before she is in a TV show, movie. I mean, with Disney Plus, it opens up everything. A hundred percent. And I honestly, even with the video games, like yeah. Ms. Marvel is now in the video game and the yeah. character's hot. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and so, so you're starting to see even the crossovers, even if it's in a video game, Yeah. you know, ultimate Spider-Man has been in a video game for years and, and that the character is popular and now they're giving him his own video game and then a new video game. Yeah. So it, it is interesting. Then, then uh, there's the Turcotte cover. Mm. Okay. There are 44 blue label 9.8s. There's one gold label 9.8. That's a $2,000 book. Jeez. Two grand. Man. Two bills, Alex. Yeah. Alex, how many of those you got? Hi, it's a time know. machine. Please just give me a time machine. I'll buy, I'll buy more books. I'll be I know. Why don't you know? Why don't you go to Midtown and buy that? And that's the weird thing about these books. It's, it, it's not like it was under the radar. This was a very publicized, very, very publicized book, very publicized character. Um, a lot of fans knew about it. It's not like it was under the radar. We knew it was coming out. Same thing, you know, Miles is a little bit under the radar. Uh, Riri was not. Right, right. So then there is, of course, the second print. Again, very low pop, 21 blue label 9.8s, zero gold label 9.8s. That book is 400 bucks. To me, that's the steal because if the first print is $500 with 368 pop, and the second print only has 21 pop, and you know the runs are much lower at $400. To me, look, you don't have two grand lying around. I get it, I get it. But for 400 bucks, the second print with only 21 pop yeah. is the way to go. And I don't see more of those coming out. Again, mm -hmm. you know, the first prints, the retails are ordered, maybe they order a few extras. People were not ordering extra second and third prints and warehousing them. Right, correct. So, so you know, I'm not gonna say that there's no more 9.8s coming, but you know, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, agreed. Then that takes us into the 2017 Invincible Iron Man series. Mm -hmm. So the 2016 series ended. Then in 2017, they start putting her on the covers. Yep. And some of these covers are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I do think that the aesthetics, and we've discussed this before, the aesthetics of the cover do matter when it comes to CGC, pop, and price. Less so on the raw books, more so on 
on the on the graded stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much been true throughout the years. You know, I go online sometimes and I'll see uh, uh, an eight an eight point with white pages, and I'll see you know a nine point with off white pages, or you'll see a stamp on the cover. And and I got to tell you something. Some of these aesthetically looking at first glance, sometimes the lower grades can look nicer on their yeah. surface or present better than the higher grades. Yeah. I personally, and I've collected sports cards through the year, the, through the years, and my brother and I have this conversation all the time. Is I prefer the aesthetically pleasing, yeah, same looking stuff, even if it's a lower grade. If you give me a PSA six that's centered with good colors, maybe this, the corners are dinged a little bit, or you have an eight where it's off-centered 60-40, and the colors may be dampened, or maybe there's printing dots. And we see this all the time. I'm like, I say to my brother, I'm like, wow, that six looks nicer than that eight. Yeah. And, and, and it does matter when, when you're selling it. It may not matter on the grade, but it, may, it will matter aesthetically when you're presenting and you're selling. All right, and Alex, that takes us to the 2017 series. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the first print of the first book has got a Stefano Caselli cover. Yeah, uh, he's also got, a, yeah, he's also has a second print cover, which we'll talk about later on. There are 57 blue label 9.8s. There are five gold label 9.8s. And that's about an $800 book today. Wow. That's a, that's a monster. That's a monster amount of money, Alex. And it's a low pop book. Now, wouldn't that, didn't they print a lot of copies of that? I mean, how's that book 800 bucks, Alex? I, I think what you see here is, the hype was in the original series with when you first see her first appearance, once the new series comes out and you saw this with miles Morales, when, you know, everything, everything from his first appearance is super hot. His books were steady. They were good to go. And then all of a sudden they jump up. I think that's what you're seeing here as well is people bought the first appearances. People bought the big books, slept on it. All the books started coming out in the new series. And they're like, Oh, I didn't know there's three really are. Let me go back and get these other books. Of course, it's you know it was very highly acclaimed series, uh, and then they're trying to go back and buy them, and that's why you're seeing things starting to tick up. Right. Okay, I got it. Because I, I mean, I would expect more of these to come out. It was a Bendis story, mm -hmm. so the retails probably do have these in their in their long boxes, and you know I would expect the pop to increase on this. Now I'm going to take you through a series of very very low pop books. It's going to be very very hard to nail down the pricing. My recommendation for you out there is to go get raw copies of these books, yeah. try to eyeball them and get them in high grades because the pops are so low that quite frankly, if you were able to nail a nine, eight on any of these, you'd probably get whatever you can name your price. Yeah. So wait, wait till you hear these pop reports on mm. this. It's incredible. Okay. The action figure cover, the Ironheart. That's a really great cover. John, I, I love John Christopher's covers. That cover in particular is great. The action figure of the Ironheart figure. It, it's really, really awesome. 12 blue label 9.8s, zero gold label 9.8s. Can't find one. And again, people order that book. I mean, oh, people yeah. do have the John Tyler ones in your collection or you can find them somewhere. That's a good one to buy. Then you have the Amalgam Comics Coffee Shop variant. Try saying that 10 times fast, Alex. I'm not. You did it for me. <laughs> there are eight blue label 9.8s, zero gold label 9.8s. So that was a comic shop variant. Yep. Very, very low pop. Okay. Then... This one, there is some pop out there. There's a Jeff DeCal variant cover, mm -hmm. really, really nice cover. There are 42 blue label 9.8s. There are 12 gold label 9.8s. And that book is a $450 book. There is some pop out there on there, 42 copies already. There is some pop out there on that book. Then there's three versions of the Stanley Artjom Lau ver uh, versions of the book. Yeah. So let's take you through them. They're, they're pretty interesting. They're pretty nice covers. Uh, yeah. He always does a great job. He's killing so, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's the, uh, there's the Legacy Edition, which there are 10 Blue Label 9.8s, one Gold Label 9.8. Then there's the Fade Edition, where it fades from color to black and white. We've seen that a mm-hmm. lot of times on the, uh, the, director's, uh, on the director's cuts. Yeah, yeah. Right, the Fade Edition. There's 14 Blue Label 9.8s. There's three Gold Label 9.8s. Then there's the Full Sketch version, where there mm-hmm. are 16 Blue Label 9.8s, one Gold Label 9.8. There's actually one Blue Label 9.9. Uh, so again, those are the three art germ covers. Again, go out there. If you can buy them, just buy, try to buy them yeah. raw and try to get them in a very, very high grade. Obviously, the shows have not opened up yet, but when the shows do or you can find one online, that's really the way to go. Yep, totally. Then there's the Mike McCone 1 in 10 Steam cover variant. There are 26 blue label 9.8s. There are six gold label 9.8s. Uh, that's a really nice cover. I were, was not able, again, nobody's got them for sale, but right. raw. Raw, that book is a $45 book. So yep. I would expect if you pull a 9.8, it's got to be 200, 250 plus, plus, plus. Minimum. Because, yeah. Because you, you know, you know, when you see a $45 rare book, yeah. you know, they could be hundreds of dollars in 9.8. Because, because when people are buying raw books, even if you say it's Gen Mint, Fresh, people are discounting in their brain 9.4. Yep. Exactly. You say it's Mint, I say it's 9.4. Yep. That's, that's kind of how raw books will, will, will sell for. It's yep. usually two, grade, two grades lower. Okay. So then there's also a Midtown Comics cover, mm-hmm. and that book is an $80 book, uh, 38 Blue Label 9.8s, four Gold Label 9.8s, very, very low pop. But at 80 bucks, uh, I've actually seen a few of those for sale. Yeah. That actually might be a great buy. Again, when you're buying the store variants, as you know, they don't go through the same distribution center. So and you worked at Midtown. So yeah. a lot of times you can pull out the good, you know, you're getting all the cases shipped to you sealed, you know, from the manufacturer. They're not being handled. They're not being picked. They're not being packed. Yeah. You're getting sealed cases. The likelihood of higher grades in those cases is much, much higher, yeah. especially a store like Midtown where you worked, where they handled yeah. them well. We'll talk about that in a second. So I think that that's why that's giving you the $80 price, you know, versus the more expensive, but I actually think that that's still a steal. So when you would get an exclusive book at Midtown, Mm -hmm. Alex, and they would ship you the whole run, what is the process for separating the books that you could sell versus the books that you can't sell versus Diamond packing them up and then shipping them to you? So essentially when a distributor gets books, everybody gets the same way. They get them in a pallet. All the books are in boxes on a pallet wrapped up. Uh, The distributor, one store wants five, one store wants 500, one store wants one. You open the box. The box has 500 in it. Okay, the whole box goes to this store. Next one wants one. You open the box. You take one book out. You put it in another box. It goes out. You want five? Open the box. Five out. Go to the store. Midtown, when, when a store gets their variants coming in, those are all for them. They don't have to open every box and deal around and put one here. Some, some books go to the store. The ones go online, get bagged and boarded right away, put in orders, and they go out. The ones that aren't ordered stay in the box until they're ordered. So you're going to see, you know, when, when those sold through Midtown, if someone pulled one out of the box and it was damaged already, that would go in a damage pile. So most people, 99.9% of the people that ordered them, they're coming straight out of the box, mint, uh, 9.8, 9.8, 9.4, but they're not, you're not getting them damaged. They're not going through an extra step of getting put in another box, then sent to a store, and that store's got to open that box, count it, put it on the, put it on the shelf. That's three people before you actually can buy it, where Midtown is in a box, in your and, order. and also, and, and also, you, you talked about being palletized. Yeah. When you put packs, you know, they get they come off the press, they go in the box, then they get uh, cellophane wrapped. Yep. When when you're shipping stuff, 
and, and we, we, know, we know how UPS and USPS and whatever can sometimes handle the packages and delivery. You know, we've seen the boxes, we've seen the pictures, we've seen the, we've seen the comments online, we've seen it all. So, you know, er everyone's got their horror stories in shipping too. So, so not only are you reliant on me being careful in the shop, yeah. but then you're relying on some random delivery person from the point of drop-off yeah. to the point of delivery, where there could be a half a dozen other people in the middle of that process, smashing, throwing, Correct. doing whatever on, on, a, on a conveyor belt before it gets to you. Yeah. But you, like you said, if you have a sealed box and that box is sitting in a, in a, in, on a pallet, oh, we need more of these. Let's open up a new box, bag it and board it, boom. Now, you also know that if those books have appreciated in value significantly from the time that they were $3 and now they're $30, mm -hmm. the person who's opening that box is also going to be extremely much more careful yeah, right. when they're opening up that box the next time around versus, oh, it's a $3 book. Let me take it out. Yeah. Stick it in the oh, it's a $30 book. Okay. It got to be really extra, yeah. extra because that person at Midtown recognizes the value of the book Correct. versus a $3, you know, person, you know, $3 book. Distribution you know, center. They don't, they don't care. They don't know comics. They're just working. Right. They're just working in the warehouse, filling orders. Right. So, so that's interesting. So I do like the Midtown version. Yeah. Uh, then there's a Tom Rainey cover. Yeah. There's 20 blue label 9.8s. There's one gold label 9.8. I've seen one for sale in the $80 range as well. Again, that's a steal. I, I would pick that up because again, it's very, very Anything below pop. 100 bucks, 9.8 pick up always. A absolutely. Then there's the hip hop variant, oh, variant yeah. edition. 36 blue label 9.8s, five gold label 9.8s. That's a $250 book. Again, you know, it's a little bit on the higher price side, but it's a very, very low pop book. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and it is interesting because, uh, you know, you know, hip hop just had its first auction. You know, they auctioned off Biggie stuff. They auctioned off Tupac stuff. I do think artistically that stuff is becoming more mainstream. Yeah, it is totally. becoming accepted as collectible and whatnot. I would not be surprised if these hip hop variant covers over the course of time do continue to escalate as the hip hop market grows in terms of collectability. Yeah. Uh, next is the, uh, is the Scotty Young cover. We've discussed Scotty Young in the past. The covers are great, aesthetically very, very pleasing from a collector CGC point of view. I don't know if that, those are the books that the collectors necessarily want for the CGC Blue Label long term. There are 17 Blue Label 9.8s. There are three Gold Label 9.8s. And then last but not least is the Stefano Caselli second print. Of course, there are zero Blue Label 9.8s. There are zero Gold Label 9.8s. So, wow, that's the one, man. That, that's the one. All right, Alex, what do we got next, buddy? Let's just let's just get it out there. Probably the one of the most expensive modern books of all time just just got sold. The Goo number one, nine point nine. I heard you bought that. that oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, I I, 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 I wish I had it. Uh, first of all, I wish I had a two copy of the Goo number one uh, first print because I would I love the Goon, but a nine point nine of an independent book, small press small uh population there i mean they, they didn't print that many of them at all nobody knew who the goon was when it came out i mean that's just it, it boggled my mind twenty eight thousand dollars closer to twenty nine thousand dollars for 9.9 nuts it's either that or a down payment on the house alex I, I i mean you could buy a nice used car for that amount of money you could walk with that book to a dealership and go hey uh 
that car is a uh, 15 grand. How about I give you this and you give me 15 grand back? Like, that's I, how I expensive it is. I don't know if a car dealership would make that trade. With you. <laughs> <laughs> if I worked at a car dealership, I would make that trade. There you go. There you go. So, so uh, obviously, you know, the 9.9 is, is, is the, uh, there's only one of them. So you can't, you know, there's not going to be another one sold, but there are 58 blue label 9.8s. There are seven gold label 9.8s. That's probably signed by Eric Powell, yeah. the creator. His work is fantastic. A uh, 9.8 will set you back a more modest $1,800, but that's still <laughs> huge. Yeah. That's still a, a huge amount. It came out from Avatar in uh, March of 1999. It's yeah. hard to believe it's been 21 years. Don't crazy, believe, Alex, don't right? Don't believe it. Don't it's believe crazy. It. So yeah, so that series has been been uh, been out over twenty years already. Yeah. So you know, you know, sometimes when you could hang around that long and it gets picked up and it gets a lot of no, enough notoriety, then yeah. then that's where you, that's where he's you still, want. He's up. still there's goons are still being published. I mean, it, he's not yeah. done with that character. And Eric is still working. I like when he does like a, you yeah. know, he'll do a cover for one of the other yeah. Marvel his bizarro, his bizarro books were really cool. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he he did a great job with the monster stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I love Absolutely. his monsters. Right. All right, Alex. I think that does it for today. Got it all set. We got it all out there for you folks. If you have any questions, comments, or you know, you want to tell us off or whatever, feel free to leave it in the comments and we'll let them know how good my mustache looks today. If you would like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> all right, so we will see you next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.